Hello, and welcome to episode 66 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. As you know, this show is about helping you develop and grow your management capabilities. And I myself am also on a journey to develop my own management capabilities. Like many of you, I would guess, I have a long list of books that I hope to get to someday, but in reality, books are a big commitment. And I really only get to read one or two books a month to like really dig into them. I wish I had time to read every book on my list, but it's just probably never going to happen. That is one of the reasons why I love podcasts and specifically the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff interviews business and personal development authors on topics like leadership, marketing, productivity, sales, personal growth. I mean, so many different things. There are dozens of really good episodes, but one that I found surprisingly interesting was episode 184, Alan Alda on the art and science of relating and communicating. This is a topic that I feel I can always be getting better at, and for managers, communication is just so critical. So search Read to Lead in your favorite podcast app or visit readtoleadpodcast.com. Now, today's guest is Shannon Adkins. Shannon is a thought leader and CEO at Future State, a woman-owned, employee-owned consulting company with a triple bottom line where people get to be themselves. After years of working for startups, tech companies, and in corporate America, which you'll get to hear a little bit about, and getting her MBA and starting a family, Shannon decided she wanted to work somewhere where she could be fully expressed as a mom, a volunteer, and a rock star businesswoman. So she went back to Future State, where they bring value to their customers by understanding the journey they are on throughout their transformation. Shannon and I talk about how she's built Future State to embrace people's full lives and selves how you can apply some of those ideas to your team, what feminine leadership is, and what happens when you create a personal mission statement to guide your life. And one quick note, a warm welcome to Chelsea R. and Sally B. to the Modern Manager community. I am so glad that you have joined us and I look forward to supporting you. If you're not sure what the Modern Manager community is, stay tuned at the end while you'll hear a bit more. Now here is my conversation with Shannon. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Shannon, such a pleasure to have you here today. I am excited to talk with you because when you were describing your life to me just a few minutes ago, it is so full and robust, and it's something that in your bio came across too, where you said, I wanted to have a job and a work life that allowed me to bring my whole self as a mom, as a volunteer, as a you know amazing businesswoman, all those things. And I'm like, oh, this is exactly one of the things I want to talk to you about today. So yay, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. So let's start exactly there. You talked about in your bio, and as I just said, that there's an element that you were looking for in your work life that you wanted to be able to express your full self. And Future State was the right place for you to be able to do that. So can you talk about why Future State was the right place for that and what it looks like in reality to live in that way? I can absolutely do that. I'll tell you a little story to, to kind of orient. Future State started out 37 years ago as a company called Tech Pros. 
And I was lucky enough to be hired by the founder and CEO of TechPros kind of just out of college. I think it was like my second real career job. I was an English major from UC Santa Barbara, and I was utterly unqualified for the job that she gave me, which was to try to figure out what our organization was going to do with the booming dot-com phenomenon. So what, what's happening with the internet? What should we be doing? And how do we figure out how to turn that into revenue for tech pros at the time? And we went about really dialing for dollars through the phone book. You know, do you need a website? Do you need a website? Do you need a website? Finally, somebody said yes. And then we figured out how do we build a website? What is a website? How do we go about figuring this out for our clients? And Meryl, the founder, had given me this opportunity and probably taught me the vast majority of my own leadership and or management skills and capabilities and philosophies and points of view. But one of the things that was true about that was the fact that I hadn't done something wasn't a limitation on whether or not I could do it. And what Meryl saw in me and really in, in everyone that she hired was their potential and their ability to stretch and grow inside of their own unique strengths and contributions. So she was really great at orienting to like, well, I don't know if you can do it, but you should certainly try <laughs> and let's give it a go and see what you can make happen. In fact, I'm now the CEO of this company. I went and did a bunch of other things in between those two two moments, but I'm back. Our COO is back. She also had her first job out of college at Tech Pros and, and left and came back. Our director of learning solutions and client delivery is a boomerang for Tech Pros now Future State. And, and one of my leading salespeople, Lynette, has been here the entire time. So there was something magical in how Meryl led and formulated sort of her perspective on giving people room to explore and perform that I held with me as I continued through my career. And I had other really fantastic managers and I had other managers who took a chance on me as well. But it was that starting point in my career where I realized that I didn't have to be limited by what I had done that laid me on a path to always be looking for opportunities to learn and grow and confident enough to say, sure, I haven't done it yet, but that doesn't mean I can't. Here's how I would go about figuring out how to do that work. So my last kind of foray inside of corporate America, I, I concluded my career in a large publicly traded software company. And as I moved up the ladder and approached, you know, sort of director level opportunities, I felt less and less flexibility. It felt more constrained. It felt like there were more expectations on sort of follow this path, do it this way, look this way, act this way, behave this way. And inside of that formula, you can be successful. And there seemed to be less individuality and less expression, experimentation, evolution. I think that's shifting, you know, in the 21st century. I think even, even leaders and organizations realize that they need to be constantly learning and that they might be learning from the lowest levels of their organization or even outside of their organization and that hierarchical models starting to degrade. But I found myself super constrained by managing up, needing to care more about my political path than engaging and inspiring the teams around me and being creative and innovative. Um, so I, I came home to my husband who's the stay-at-home dad in our family and said, I'm going back to tech pros. <laughs> and I hadn't worked here in about 12 years. He's like, what are you talking about? You're going to leave this you know, publicly traded company with great benefits to go back to tech pros in Walnut Creek, California. What, what are you doing? And I said, well, the thing is, if I work inside of an environment where I'm first and foremost appreciated for who I am as a human 
and what I bring as a person to my daily life, then I know I'll do my best work and that anything is possible. So I, I came back, took a, took a big jump, big leap of faith and a big pay cut and came back to this company and, and started to work as an individual contributor, rebuilding our business and transforming our business. And, and here we are now, eight years later and oh, nine years later, and we're uh, about twice the size that we were when I started and completely new name and totally new business model and a really, a really you know, dynamic and constantly evolving workplace where hopefully we continue the tradition of the founder and CEO, original CEO of creating opportunities for people who are maybe on a non-traditional path or value more than, you know, sort of the hierarchical senior exec model lifestyle to thrive and contribute and help us grow a really fantastic business. It's such a great story. And I, I love that you, you know, talked about the constraints that a big business can put on you when you're kind of inside the machine that's running. I'm wondering if there are things that you do now inside of Future State that are maybe a little different than how things might happen in a bigger company in terms of the constraints that you put on your team now or the policies or the ways of working that happen internally. Are there any that are similar to how a big corporation might run or are there, are there any that are kind of like clearly a differentiation from how a big organization might be running? Yeah, I think we are doing a lot differently. So we, there's two things to that. One is our organization is about organizational transformation and our sort of our point of view as future state when we go and work with, you know, Cliff Bar, Genentech or, you know, any of the Wells Fargo, any of the clients that we're working with, we're sort of saying, hey, the world of work is shifting significantly and the hierarchical ways of leading and the functional silos, they will not work in a state of constant change. And businesses today are in a state of constant change. So you need to rethink everything about how you organize and optimize for work. And if you don't put the human beings inside of your organization at the center of that change, and if you don't have a really clear and powerful and meaningful purpose, it's going to be pretty hard to be successful in the 21st century. So we start there and we start there with ourselves too. So I think that probably the first and one of the things that makes us really different is we are a triple bottom line business. We're 100% employee owned. So we absolutely want to return to our shareholders. Our shareholders just happen to be our employees. So I have the benefit of always orienting to what is it that I'm creating for the team here at Future State? How am I creating value in the day-to-day for everyone who works at Future State? And how are we translating that into business value and shareholder value and return on our you know, investment and efforts towards strategy? So that's pretty unique. We're a certified B Corp, which is an organization that's measured by a third party who assesses how we're doing against standard benchmarks in sustainable work practices, sustainable environmental practices, sustainable practices related to supply chain. So we are like rigorously examined to make sure that we're walking the walk, not just talking the talk on being a triple bottom line business. And we're seeing more and more enterprises recognize that in the 21st century, if you want to attract and retain millennial employees, you really better have some clarity on what matters to your business beyond maximizing shareholder return or beyond making a lot of money for the CEO or, you know, the executives, because we all have choice in our career. We want to make sure that we're making a difference in our daily work. And and if it's aligned to our values and aligned to what matters to us in the world, we're more likely to put in that incremental effort and bring that extra edge to our daily work. So 
that's where it starts is kind of why does future state exist? For whom do we exist? What matters to us? And, you know, when I took over as CEO, that was the most important question to be able to answer with credibility because no one woke up in the morning and said, wow, we really need more management consulting companies. <laughs> Let's get another management consulting company. That'll change the world. That's that's not the paradigm for our industry. So what is it that Future State's going to bring for our community, for our team, for the environment that's going to be unique and needed? And how do we model that for 21st century business? So can you give me some examples of how kind of the people focus plays out in how you are a manager or how you run your business yeah. with the, with people in particular? Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of policy things are that, you know, we don't, we don't pay attention to where someone went to school. Our recruiting and interviewing and our process for bringing on talent is intentionally not about sort of what you've done and where you've been. It's much more about who you are and how you contribute and how you ID and innovate and create. So I don't know the, you know, educational or in some cases, even the the work background of the people who work for Future State. And I don't care. <laughs> it's not what drives us in terms of, you know, figuring out how to aggregate and pull together the most compelling team working on these big challenging problems. This is like resonating back to what Meryl, you know, really did when she created this company. We, we carry that forward. We have an unlimited PTO policy. We strive to give, you know, we're almost 100% women. And, and even those of us that aren't women were parents. So the notion of work-life balance is just deeply embedded in everything that we do. So there is not an expectation of an eight to five work day, nine days, you know, nine days a week, uh, seven days a week. There's no expectation that you shouldn't go home at two o'clock in the afternoon if your daughter has a dance recital that afternoon and go see it. And so this is really, these aren't even conversations that have to be had with managers at Future State. We expect that people are adult, accountable, and going to be able to deliver their work while also prioritizing the things in their personal life that they need to prioritize. So we're not that big. We're about 80 employees and we have unlimited PTO for all of our team members. Everybody is an owner. So as long as you're here for 1000 hours in any given year, you become an owner in the company. And we really strive to understand the unique and individual strengths of everyone on our team. So when you join Future State, the first thing that happens is we do a strengths finders assessment to really understand who are you, what makes you tick, how do you how do you operate? When we do our interview process, it's more like a happy hour and a show and tell where people come and talk about their work and what motivates and inspires them. And then we all work together to figure out how will that person work best in our environment and further our strategic goals. So there's a lot that we do differently <laughs> from a management perspective. Myself and Kathy were the CEO and COO and we set strategy and certainly we manage the day-to-day business, but we have been experimenting this year and having that be a much more inclusive process. So we invited teams to work in sprints and in squads. We have about 17 of our 80 employees that are actively working in sprint teams to support the furthering of our strategic initiatives. And so what we'll say is you've got 75 hours in the next three weeks, allocate those to helping us develop our point of view on 21st century leadership. Or we need to work on a partner strategy. You've got 14 hours in the next three weeks to, to squeeze that in, you know, help us figure out how to execute on that. So we're really actively modeling what we think all businesses need to be doing of driving engagement and interaction and, and productivity by including everyone that you can in the process of change and of evolution, which 
for most businesses today is ongoing, never ending and continuous. So how do you continue to, you know, make sure it's not just the same three or four people that are driving strategy? Yeah. Well, a lot of what you said really resonates as a kind of small business owner, being able to think about setting policies that work for you and that live to your values. And I'm thinking about for people who are inside of these big, probably bureaucratic organizations where they might not have as much influence over big policies and kind of what they can do to role model some of the things that you were talking about, about you know, putting people first and kind of allowing people to be their full self in space. And the one thing that you were talking about with using strength finders and really trying to think about when you're hiring and forming a team, kind of who are these people and how do they function best and what's going to bring out the best in them and how are they going to be happiest and have the ability to do their best work. I mean, that that seems like something that could be easily translated or, or ported over into any organization. Absolutely. I think spending time in the onboarding process, in the interviewing and onboarding process, really understanding who the human being is and what matters most to them and marrying that with what matters most to your enterprise and what are the, the biggest challenges or the biggest opportunities that you're looking to deliver against and doing the best matchmaking you can. Now, there isn't always, you know, someone might really want to work on an innovation work stream that's going to develop the next product, but that might not be the highest priority for the organization at that time. Maybe it won't ever be, but to know that and to have enough people know that, that it isn't just locked in the minds of that one manager. When that opportunity comes up, someone's going to say, Hey, we are working on a product innovation cycle. Wasn't it Pam that said she was really committed to having an opportunity to be on a squad that's working on that? Let's tap her and have her be a part of that squad with some of her incremental time is important. So one of the things we disrupted was our recruiting model. And I think that smaller organizations are are also capable of disrupting the recruiting model where recruiters end up knowing a lot about a candidate or about a new hire, but are we doing a good job of making sure that the knowledge of that individual and their strengths and who they are and what matters to them, what makes them tick is distributed beyond the recruiting function and beyond the individual hiring manager so that this ecosystem can absorb this new competency and new capability and new strengths and maximize that opportunity for someone to jump in and add strategic value quickly or add their unique spin quickly. And certainly a lot of the work that we're doing around diversity and and specifically inclusion, it, it doesn't matter to have people with diversity and diverse points of view and perspectives at the table if they're not deployed to your most significant challenges. Their unique point of view is not getting expressed. They're in doing the job that you hired them for, but you're not necessarily bringing them to your most difficult challenges. And I think that's an important challenge inside of corporate America because we all recognize that, you know, in the traditional hierarchical model, upward mobility is, you know, having the opportunity to work on some strategic initiative, some new and emerging business line, some, you know, high profile transformation is a coveted thing. So how do we make sure we're bringing people into those opportunities in ways that are scalable and dispersed, not just coming back to that well of the same three or four known entities, but tapping into our new talent and new perspectives to drive better outcomes? Yeah, I I totally agree. And one activity that I do with teams that I'm coaching, specifically 
to help with what you're talking about is to have people write up a one page. I have like a template that I use that has the things I'm responsible for, the expertise or particular experiences that I have, and the things that I want to learn and grow in. And when everyone on the team does that, they can share them then with each other. And the manager now has a whole new understanding of who people are beyond just the, oh, I only knew you as this one person in this one role with these responsibilities. But, oh, look, you have all this other expertise that might be totally unrelated to your current job, but could be deployed somewhere else. And, oh, these are the things you want to learn and grow in. Oh, well, I know some managers in other departments who are working on projects like that. Now I know you're interested and I can help deploy you into different places and give you opportunities to grow and learn. That's right. There are some really interesting apps, you know, that enable some of this. And certainly intranets inside of large enterprises should include, you know, LinkedIn within, right? So how do we understand and maximize our opportunity to network and collaborate inside of our organizations? How do we break down silos? How do we expand our ecosystem and our network internally? We're using and our partners with Workplace by Facebook, to, it does a couple of things. I, I have my profile, right? And I can share about what my passions are and who I am and what I'm committed to. But it also makes work become much more out loud. So there can be groups that are collaborating together across 72 different hiring managers or 72 different functions collaborating together on a problem, working together inside of a group while they continue to conduct their day job. And it's all public. Everyone can see it and can participate and can comment and can, you know, engage or can go to their manager and say, hey, this this center of excellence that's spinning up around, you know, human capital management and good management practice, I really want to participate in that. Can I get some, you know, space to put my thoughts here? Um, So giving that transparency and visibility is really important in the 21st century and tends to not happen in email. <laughs> uh, so how we you know, get ourselves out of the email and meeting habits to spark innovation, creativity, and collaboration across the enterprise using technology and flexible work policies so that people can participate in their, you know, some of us like to work after the kids go to bed and they can do so in an offline capacity, you know, using workplace platform or something along those lines. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And like technology can do so many things that enable us to collaborate in ways that we couldn't if we were requiring everyone to be in the same physical location, right? Like you yeah. can have access to so much more when we have good tech systems in place. Absolutely. So I don't know if this is a shifting gears or if this is just a reframing, but one of the articles that you sent me talked about feminine leadership. And mm-hmm. I just I thought your definition of feminine leadership was really fascinating. And I feel like it's part of what we've already been talking about. But can you share what that is for you? Yeah, I think what I know about women who have designed their career, and that's not all women, but the women that I know who have designed their career have designed their work world. They've done so out of an experience of not being able to have the life that they want and not being willing to sacrifice that. I think that at least in in this moment, growing up in sort of a capitalistic culture that has been built and structured on hierarchical models, you know, it works for some women and then then it just really doesn't for some some women, right? In In terms of that personal expression, the creativity, the adaptability, the flexibility, 
to be all in on a Tuesday, but go take care of your, your children on Wednesday. And I'm not saying it's only women, certainly in my organization, more and more men who are saying, I have a full life and I want to be able to have the flexibility to design my life to work. But I think women got there first in the, well, I'm not willing to sacrifice this. And it is not, the, the world hasn't told me I have to sacrifice this. I'm going to figure out a way. We've seen more entrepreneurship. We see more, you know, sort of opting out of corporate America for us in our industry. We see people saying, no, I'm not going to jump on a plane on Sunday night, every single Sunday for the rest of my life to do consulting work globally. I'm going to find work in my own backyard where I can commute a reasonable commute and do fantastic work, but I'll do it, you know, so that I can be home in time for dinner with my family. So I think that, that unwillingness to compromise having it all has led women to recognize in their team members as well and bring a level of empathy and interest in workability and effectiveness that perhaps has you know, not been the, the default spot for a more masculine style of leadership. I do think that feminine, feminine ways of leading are emerging for all leaders. So being more about listening than telling, being more about experimentation than perfect product design, being more about empathy and human-centered, you know, sort of ways of thinking could be construed as, as feminine. But I think they're becoming really the model for 21st century leadership. And then I have someone tell me, yeah, but look at all the evidence that you can do just fine being, you know, super duper hierarchical, incredibly structured and incredibly rigid in what success looks like. We see tons of Fortune 500 companies that follow the hierarchical model with great success. So what is your evidence that this new way of leading really is going to make the difference in the 21st century? And I, I guess I, I have a sort of incomplete answer to that, right? It's like, because it just makes sense. And because <laughs> I talk to people who say, I'm not willing to work in that environment anymore. It's not worth it for me. Yeah. Well, and as more, as technology enables us to opt out without fully opting out, right? By being able to have colleagues in other countries, like my partner is in Taiwan and she and I are able to collaborate and neither of us ever get on a plane, right? So there are new ways to engage that are, meet the kind of criteria you're describing as wanting to be connected, but also in control and be able to be at home at night and you know, do great work in your backyard. Like all of that is, we're able to do that in new ways now. And I'm with you. I think the the way business is headed is not the hierarchical ways of the past. I think, you know, humanity is stepping up and saying, we need to put people first, as you said so beautifully earlier. Yeah. And I think the other thing that, I don't know if women felt that we had more permission to define what mattered most to us because we didn't inherit the mantle of, you know, thou shalt work, thou shalt provide, thou shalt be financially successful, thou shalt, you know, get the corner office. I mean, I I was raised to value my own professional success for sure, but I don't know what it's like to be raised as a man. (laughs) I know what it was like to be raised by my father and my mother, but I don't know what it would have been like if I'd been a man. But I was very early on in my career, my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's at the age of 49. And it was, you know, a light switch moment for me of there is more to life than achieving, you know, quote unquote, other defined success. And I'm going to define what success means for me now, 
and I'm going to live my life in accordance with what I care about and what's going to fulfill me. And that, you know, ended up being kind of the creation of my own personal mission statement, which has transformed now as a leader of a company into sort of what are the leadership attributes? Who am I committed to being as I lead this company? What are the attributes that I want people to have an experience of me every single time bringing those attributes to bear? So some of that work on self-awareness and internal true north, I think is probably the most important thing for anyone who's managing humans to do is to know what matters most to you and know how you want to show up for them and hold yourself to account for both of those things relentlessly, which might at times mean you have to leave an organization or a function or a role because it doesn't line up to your North Star to what matters most to you. And those are like great moments of clarity. Like, oh, okay. I like red. They're asking me to be orange. I can never be orange. So I've got to go somewhere where I can be red. And having that clarity and understanding of yourself is kind of at the root of it all, I think, for for anybody who's going to lead and be happy. Yes. To lead and be happy at the same time, which is what we're all striving for. Yeah. I find this really fascinating. And um, can you tell us a little bit about how you frame your mission statement, your personal mission statement? Kind of what are the questions that you asked to get there and how long was that process for you? It was probably about a year and a half of deep inquiry and coaching and classes. I took programs through Landmark Education. They have their fundamental program is called the Forum. And then their second program is called the Advanced Course. I think that they do them online now, but this was in the late 90s. And in the advanced course, you create who you are in the world. The language they use is kind of like intentionally weird, but who am I in the world as a possibility is the language that they use, that Landmark uses. So for me, it was the possibility of living a life of adventure and making a difference. And it's been what's guided me since I think I was 28. It's how I made the decision to become a mom through foster care adoption, It's how I decided to live on a sailboat for six years. It's how I decided to jump ship from corporate America and take a $100,000 pay cut. So it's really been like the cornerstone of every decision that I've made. And it's it's my mission statement, but my husband and I created it together when we created our marriage as well. So I think I had a different mission statement before I got married. And then when I got married, we did it all again and said, So who are we as a couple? Like, what are we for each other? What is possible through our marriage that wasn't possible as individuals that anchors us and grounds us in staying together? And it was living a life of adventure and making a difference. We can have a more adventurous life and have a bigger and more profound impact together than we could on our own. I feel like this is the perfect place to end because that was just beautiful and powerful. And now my brain is thinking about, oh, what is my mission statement with my husband. And I, I want to go front up and have that conversation over dinner tonight. Um, <laughs> and, and it's something I do with teams or we, we work, I work with teams to say, what is your team's mission? And it's so much more powerful when you have that joint clarity, but I never thought about doing it in my personal life in the same way. So thank you for that. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Well, we need to wrap things up. So you already talked about Meryl, who sounds like an amazing Mm -hmm. rock star manager. So we'll just Mm -hmm. give her credit and a shout out for that. So where can people keep up with you and learn more about Future State? I'm a little obsessed with LinkedIn. So that's the best place to find me, shannon.adkins at futurestate.com for email, or you can search for me with Shannon Adkins at Future State on LinkedIn. I love that place does its job so well. (laughs) And then futurestate.com is our website. So 
We are, you know, constantly evolving and iterating on that. You can find all the podcasts that I've been on linked there and uh, our blog posts and thought leadership coming soon. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing today with me, Shannon. This has been such a pleasure. My joy as well. Thank you so much for the time and, and the inquiry. So much good stuff in there. Now, this week's guest bonus is Future State's 21st Century Leadership ebook, which includes a set of common attributes that, when combined, make people especially adept at leading teams through this time of change. The ebook provides a self assessment tool and recommendations to further evolve your skills and ready your organization for inevitable change. I have also included in this week's bonus the template that I use with teams to create that professional profile to help you all learn about your team members' strengths, desires, and interests. The template and leadership ebook are available to members of the Modern Manager community. This community gives you access to other members through our online forum. You get access to all of the guest bonuses from every episode that has already aired along with all of the full episode guides from all of the solo episodes that I lead. There is so much high-quality content and so many discounts and access to great stuff in there, and memberships start at $15 per month. There are additional membership levels that include joining our monthly group coaching call as well as individual private one-on-one coaching calls, so check it out. And if you work for a nonprofit or a government agency, Email me from your work email and I will send you a code for 20% off at any membership level. My email is also in the show notes. To join, go to mamieks.com slash join. That's M-A-M as in monkey, I-E-K as in kangaroo, S as in south.com slash join. All the links are in the show notes and they can be in your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter, which you can find at mamieks.com slash podcast. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit Meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team. I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at MamieKS.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.